educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to the uh, jet-lagged version of <laughs> of the Dan Parsons Show. Hey, it's great to be back, friends. Uh, I missed you. Uh, you didn't have any reason to miss me because uh, uh, Doug Fitzgerald. Hey, just uh, just a note uh, before we get started here, Doug. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to uh, to thank you privately, but I'll do it publicly. Uh, thanks so much, Doug, for uh, filling in the last two weeks. Uh, uh, and Johnny, thank you for uh, holding down the ship. And uh, uh, I, I caught the show every once in a while when I could, and uh, of course called in a couple times. Uh, the first time didn't go so well, but thank you. Thank you so much, Doug, and thanks, Johnny, for holding things down while I was gallivanting around Europe. Oh yeah, no problem. It was a it was a fantastic good time for sure. But now <laughs> we are back to having a full fledged Dan good time. Here we are. Yeah, five oh eight Monday, July thirty first, last day of uh, the month, kids. Uh, my goodness, and yeah, I got out of town. Uh, just the right time. My goodness, the heat wave that you guys went through. And, and again, I felt guilty enough just, uh, uh, having saved money to go on this uh, great trip with, uh, Chef Kevin and a couple other folks. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I understand not everybody can do those things, but, you know, I saved money and was able, uh, cause I work for myself. Uh, my clients understand that, uh, I was going to be gone. So I felt, you know, somewhat bad enough that I was talking about my trip and everything. And then, and the weather on top of it. Oh my goodness, the weather in Amsterdam and Ireland. I, it never got above 70. I mean, it was just uh, an incredible weather. Uh, and so, as you guys, as I told uh, uh, Chase Porter uh, a minute ago, he said, yeah, uh, heat index was about double that uh, here. So, my goodness, you guys uh, endured all that. So, yeah, welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome myself back, but uh, uh, welcome to all of you who uh, uh, who uh, uh, listened uh, to Doug and supported Doug while I was gone. Uh, great shows, and, and I just appreciate that so much. Uh, and don't forget, uh, any darn time you like, and catch us live uh, on KLIN.com or on demand on your favorite podcast platform. And I did that in Europe a few times and caught the show. And uh, But yeah, let's open the phone lines and the text lines. If you'd like to ask me a question or want to know anything about Amsterdam or uh, Ireland, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, uh, 402-479-1400. And, and what about your summer vacation? Did you get the chance to, to get away uh, in the month of July? Uh, but boy, now that uh, August is here starting tomorrow, uh, all the kiddos be thinking about going back to school and the university be starting back up and uh, so yeah the summer is uh, quickly uh, fading away um, uh, but uh, coming up on tomorrow's show uh, and I tease this out a little bit on Friday from Belfast uh, you know I've been thinking about for some time now just uh, just overall to have a legal expert uh, on the show from time to time uh, but specifically a legal expert to talk about <clears throat> what's going on with uh, former President Trump and the trials that uh, are coming up for him and the indictments that are, are still to come. One federal and one state is already actively engaged and, um, and expecting to have more. So uh, I'll announce it now today, uh, coming on the show tomorrow at 5.08, uh, Richard Moberly, uh, Dean of the University of Nebraska School of uh, College of Law, uh, will join me tomorrow. And um, uh, Dean Moberly is... Um, uh, obviously very well versed in, in everything about the law. He's an expert in uh, in a number of areas. And so anyway, I've asked him to come on from time to time to talk about 
you know, it, it, I, I can find plenty of legal people, plenty of attorneys who have political opinions uh, about uh, former President Trump and what's going on in the in the courts. Uh, but I didn't want that, and I don't think that's what you want. Uh, you can find that most anywhere. Just turn on your cable news, and you can find people talking about uh, all of the legal problems uh, that the former president has from a political standpoint. I wanted to find someone who could talk about it, not from a political bias position, uh, but somebody that had, uh, you know, hist- from a perspective of a, a an attorney, a legal expert, on just the facts. And so... Yeah, that'll be fun. Richard Moberly, uh, Dean of the UNL College of Law, will join us uh, tomorrow, uh, top of the top of the show at five oh eight. And uh, uh, there's a few things that uh, are going on in in that world. Um, and so we'll talk with Dean Moberly tomorrow, just mainly an introduction. I anticipated before I left. Uh, that there would be the second uh, federal indictment be handed down on the January 6th um, uh, uprising uh, on January 6th. And uh, that's still coming. Uh, I think most legal experts, well, we know it's coming because uh, the feds met with uh, President, uh, former President Trump's uh, attorneys, uh, as they traditionally do right before they get uh, ready to hand down an official indictment. Uh, so we know that meeting's taken has taken place. And so any day that uh, indictment is expected to come down. But uh, uh, there's other uh, legal uh, things that have happened uh, in the last uh, few days. and So anyway, we'll give a little update on that and introduce uh, uh, Richard Moberly to the audience. Uh, well, a, a few headlines uh, <clears throat> that I wanted to chat about today in my, uh, uh, in my uh, jet-lagged uh, uh, condition here, uh, just to give you an idea. And in the second half of the show, I'll, I'll chat a little bit about uh, some of the highlights from the trip. Um, uh, but just to give you an idea of what I'm uh, dealing with and uh, lack of sleep. So I left uh, Dublin yesterday morning. Uh, would have been about 5.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, it's about a, uh, it is a seven-hour difference, so we left about 11.30. We got into uh, Chicago about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. And uh, I did not sleep a wink on that flight. And, uh, you know, they dim the lights. They serve you dinner and dim, dim the lights so that uh, you can sleep. I didn't sleep a lick yesterday on that flight. So got into Chicago about 2 o'clock and, and had quite a, uh, quite a layover. The flight to Lincoln from Chicago didn't take off till uh, somewhat later. I, didn't, I, I got home last night. I, uh, the plane got in from Chicago about 9.30 last night. Uh, so my head hit the pillow. Uh, about 10:30, and um, I feel sorry for anybody on that flight. If if anybody's listening, it was on that flight from uh, Chicago to Lincoln last night, and uh, <clears throat> the guy in row 2B uh, was snoring uh, to beat the band. <laughs> I apologize because I finally got some sleep, Johnny. By the time I got on that flight to, uh, from Chicago to Lincoln last night, so anyway, I uh, didn't have a whole lot of meetings uh, today. Although I do have a meeting in Omaha after the show today, so. Anyway, uh, that's um, uh, that's uh, that's why if I sound a little groggy, that's uh, that's why. But oh my goodness, what an incredible trip! Uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit uh, in the second half of the show. But uh, uh, some of the headlines um, <clears throat> here in the last few days, I'm going through the news uh, today. I read that um, uh, Governor Jim Pillen announced that he's sending more than 60 uh, Nebraska Army National Guard soldiers to the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, to aid Texas authorities in their efforts to counter uh, immigration and drug trafficking there. 
soldiers will depart Wednesday from Nebraska, uh, and they'll return uh, sometime early September. Uh, they're being sent uh, to the border to provide, uh, quote, additional observation reporting near the border uh, to assist Texas law enforcement involved in Operation Lone Star, uh, Pillen's uh, office announced on Monday. Um, and this is not the first time that Nebraska has sent uh, troops uh, uh, to the Texas border. Um, the governor in May uh, sent uh, 10 Nebraska state troopers to assist in drone surveillance for two weeks. Uh, and that was uh, criticized because the state was not reimbursed for those costs of that deployment, uh, which was paid for uh, through the state patrol's budget, uh, the governor's office said then. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> that's uh, interesting. Uh, some people uh, criticize the governor that's more of a... Uh, uh, you know, uh, symbolic uh, effort to uh, to emphasize, uh, to highlight those uh, difficulties on the border. Uh, other headlines. Uh, I took the interest in, uh, you know, we announced, uh, there was an announcement uh, a couple weeks ago before I left that Heath Mello uh, had resigned uh, his role from the uh, University of Nebraska lobbyist to join, um, uh, to head uh, the Omaha Chamber of Commerce. And it was announced today uh, that President Ted Carter, uh, excuse me, announced Friday that Christian, Kristen Hassebrook, uh, an attorney and uh, with uh, Miller Roback uh, lobbying firm, will take over that role as the uh, University of Nebraska's chief lobbyist. So Kristen uh, Hassebrook, congratulations. That's a big dang deal. You'll do great there. Well, let's take this break and come back and uh, we'll chat a little bit more about my trip and we'd love to hear from you too. So let's take this quick break and we'll be right back here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Monday edition, the jet-lagged edition of the Dan Parsons Show here on Monday, July 31st, last day of July. I hope, uh, for goodness sakes, I hope this uh, uh, this heat is uh, abated some because, uh, yeah, we need to, uh, uh, my goodness, uh, who knows? August typically is even worse, so we'll see. But, uh, uh, yeah, so fresh uh, fresh off the road from, uh, uh, from Europe, and uh, if you've got a question or if you've got that, um, uh, I'd love to hear about your su- summer travel plans. Uh, uh, love to hear from you. Text or call 402-479-1400. Um, and again, thanks to, D- to Doug Fitzgerald uh, for filling in the past couple weeks. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll welcome Richard Moverly, Dean of the University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Law. Uh, Dean uh, Moverly is going to come on uh, from time to time to help us discern what's going on uh, with the Trump trials. Uh, you know, there's more and more uh, discussions that uh, more indictments are coming of the former president. And I just think, uh, and, and again, you know my fascination with uh, presidential history and uh, the whole Watergate stuff that got me uh, started in politics. And, and so I just think it's it, it would be good to cut through all of the political jargon and the political uh, posturing uh, from either side and uh, just have someone come on from time to time to tell us the facts, the legal facts of what's going on and and uh, to analyze uh, 
that, that situation from time to time. So anyway, we'll we'll welcome Richard Moberly into the studio tomorrow in the first half of the show. And by the way, speaking of Trump and the presidential election, I see uh, there's a new poll out today. And I've been telling, I think I've said this on the air, uh, I've certainly been telling my friends this, that I fully expect that uh, former President Trump will win uh, the Republican nomination. And... Um, According to this new poll that came out today, that's uh, he, he's not going to have any problems if this uh, if this poll is any indication this far out. Uh, Republicans' pre- preference for the 2024 presidential nominee, if the election for the Republican presidential nominee were held today, which candidate would you be most likely to vote for? Uh, this is a national poll. Um, Chris Christie, two percent. Uh, 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 Haley, uh, uh, former UNL, U, U, UNO ambassador. Uh, I said UNO. See, I am uh, a little uh, United Nations ambassador. Three uh, percent. Uh, uh, Mike Pence, former vice president. Three percent. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, governor of Florida. Seventeen percent. And former president Donald Trump. Fifty-four percent. So if this. Uh, uh, if this poll is any indication, uh, and we're still a ways out, obviously, from uh, anyone voting, but former President Donald J. Trump is dominating his rivals uh, for the Republican presidential nomination, leading his nearest challenger, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, by a landslide 37 percentage points uh, nationally among the most likely Republican primary uh, voters, according to the first New York Times Siena College poll of the 2024 campaign, uh, Mr. Trump held decisive advantages across almost every demographic group and region, and in every ideological wing of the party. The survey found, uh, as Republican voters uh, waved away concerns about his escalating legal jeopardy, uh, he led by wide margins among men. Women, younger, older, moderates, conservatives, those who went to college, those who didn't go to college, and in cities, suburbs, and rural areas. Um, so uh, that's that. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll start chatting about uh, some of the legal uh, problems that the former president has uh, tomorrow with Richard Moberly, dean of the University of Nebraska Law School, and uh, just kind of start sorting through some of that. But, uh, Johnny, you said you had a question for me. And, and if you've got a question, 402-479-1400, call or text. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I've missed you, darn it. Uh, where have you been? Where have I been? <laughs> where have you been? Where have no, I been? Like, Not, we've all been here. Yeah. But, no, I do have a question for you. It's unrelated to politics or anything, yeah. but it's one thing we talked about at least on LNK Today with Jack and Friends over the last couple of weeks while you were gone. One thing... You've mentioned on the show a number of times in the past with social media. Have you conformed to the ways of X yet? <laughs> well, I haven't been kicked off yet. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed my Twitter app updated yesterday, so it's it's X oh, everything. I and, did see. No, no I've not. Uh, of course, I haven't. I didn't do much uh, social media. I yeah, I posted a few photos and stuff uh, uh, from time to time while I was gone. But uh, yeah, I've I, I feel like I'm behind. You know, I. I rely on social media. That's why I got involved in social media, because uh, I understood how important it was uh, not only for my business, because I'm in the business of communicating, uh, but also for my clients. And so I have been very active in uh, in social media. But no, I, I haven't seen the switch over to X. So there's actually a brand that it's, is identified as X and not yeah, no, Twitter. It, 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 
Like where say Twitter, it just says X. Oh. The, uh, the logo is I'll show you um, yeah. right above the KLIN app on my phone here. It's just an X. Now, as far as I know, like they're they're called tweets and stuff still. So I don't know if uh-huh. they've really conformed everything yet. Uh-huh. But yeah, they're just kind of relabeling yeah. Twitter itself. So yeah, well, and that's a good reminder, Johnny. Thanks for the segue. If you are not following. Uh, the Dan Parsons Show on Twitter and Facebook. We would love to have you do that. I've, uh, as I said, I posted a few things on the uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter uh, while I was gone, and uh, uh, we'll get into some of that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. Okay, I haven't refreshed this for a while. You're right, Johnny. There it is. Just a big X up there. Yeah. It's, and say Twitter. It's going to get me take me some yeah, time to get used to it, that's yeah, for sure. It's interesting. Um, so, yes, uh, when we come back after the break, I'll uh, review a little bit of uh, – uh, some of our fun times that we had, uh, uh, just a a, a a trip of a lifetime, frankly. You know, I haven't traveled that much overseas. I, I was in Paris for my my 60th birthday uh, a year and a half or so back, and and this was Kevin Chef Kevin Shin's uh, 60th birthday celebration. But he, as you've probably uh, heard us talk on the show uh, from time to time, Kevin. Um, course lost his wife Karen a few years ago and uh, he uh, went back to Ireland because they were there as a family uh, years ago and uh, that trip was c- cut short because uh, Karen's uh, dad passed away while they were there and so they had come home and didn't get to finish that trip and then Kevin uh, once Karen passed uh, Kevin wanted to honor her and go back to Ireland and uh, and finish that trip and that was COVID and so COVID uh, of all things cut that trip short so this was Kevin uh, finish uh, for his trip to Ireland. Uh, as he said, he was owed a few more days. We were there. Uh, we were there on the aisle uh, for eight days, uh, and I was in Amsterdam for three days before that. So all told, uh, thirteen days uh, out of the country and uh, with travel and everything. So yeah, so we'll go over that a little bit. And then our friend Carrie uh, Knight from Portland, who uh, used to work here uh, in in Lincoln, a good friend of ours, also joined us. So and Kevin's daughter uh, Claire. Uh, she kept the boys in line. I'll tell you what. She uh, uh, <laughs> Claire is uh, you know. Uh, millennial and so uh, the joke was here's uh here's these three dudes and uh, the millennial and uh yeah she kept us in line pretty good so uh yeah it was fun we'll we'll talk about some of that but uh yeah some of the other news uh, as uh, i was gone uh you know some of the things in addition to uh uh the university of nebraska naming the the new lobbyist uh and the governor uh, uh sending some troops uh, to the border um you know voter id uh, i know was uh uh, in the news there's been uh, talk uh, in the lancaster county board of commissions there's uh, an open discussion time and for the last uh, many weeks uh, every time every week when they'd have their open mic uh, moment uh, people uh, an organized effort to talk about uh, what they saw, what this group of people saw as irregularities, uh, in the Lancaster County, uh, uh voting. And, uh, and so there was a presentation by, uh, some election officials, uh, I believe it was the week I was, uh, sometime while I was gone. And, uh, they kind of put to bed, uh, any of those talks that, uh, uh the Lancaster County, uh, election commissioner was not, uh, running these, uh, elections. Uh, properly and uh, yeah bottom line is there's uh, all these rumors and uh, conspiracy theories of uh, 
uh, of elections not being held properly and uh, uh, votes not being counted and and all this was uh, anyway so that was in the news while I was gone I found that interesting and uh, but let's take this break and after the news uh, from Fox uh, we'll come back and I'll review a little bit of uh, our vac- my vacation I'd love to hear from you so 402-479-1400 talk or text we'll be back after this on 1499.3 KLIN Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome back to the Monday edition of the Dan Parsons Show, uh, fresh off the road from uh, Ireland and Amsterdam. Thanks again to Doug Fitzgerald uh, for filling in the last couple weeks. Uh, Deeply appreciate it. And Johnny, thank you so much for uh, your extraordinary production, uh, producing skills and uh, uh, keeping everybody honest and uh, everything running smoothly. I do my best. Yes, indeed. No well, problems. Happy yeah, to help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll welcome uh, uh, Dean Richard Moberly, uh, Dean of the University of Nebraska College of Law. Uh, Dean Moberly has agreed to come on from time to time to talk uh, about legal issues, the facts of legal issues uh, surrounding former President uh, Trump's uh, uh, one uh, state indictment uh, currently, one federal indictment, and uh, there was an upgrade to one of the federal indictments on the uh, classified documents case last week, and so we'll get a little bit of an update uh, on that, and and the expected any day now um, uh, uh, indictment of the former president uh, concerning the January 6th uh, uprising uh, at the Capitol uh, a couple years ago. So uh, we'll get uh, Dean Moberly's uh, factual uh, interpretation of of those things. So coming up tomorrow, uh, don't miss that. Uh, and so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the trip. And uh, if you've got a question or a comment, uh, 402-479-1400, uh, I'd love to hear from you, text or call. Uh, uh, do you have any, uh, have you traveled this summer? Have you been overseas? Have you been to Ireland. Uh, you know, some of the fascinating things uh, that I found in both, um, you know, I did three days by myself in Amsterdam and then uh, met up with uh, the Shins and our and our buddy uh, Carrie uh, in Dublin uh, for eight days. And, <clears throat> and uh, you know, just some of the oddities uh, that we don't, uh, re- my first time in, in either of those cities uh, uh, and, um, you know, I haven't had to opportunity to travel a lot <clears throat> overseas but yeah just some of the things that we don't expect like you know in ireland driving on uh, the left-hand side of the road and as johnny asked yeah the steering wheels on the right and you drive on the left and thankfully uh carrie knight uh, our friend from portland uh, uh we rented a car uh, when we were down in cork and uh, he did all the driving and uh yeah it's uh, it's odd, and then the bicycles in uh, in Amsterdam. You know, I'd always heard that Amsterdam is the biking capital of the world. And being a cyclist, I was uh, intrigued and uh, and thought about renting a bicycle because there's plenty of places to to rent a bicycle. But my goodness, I tell you what, Johnny, watching the rush hour and everybody. I mean, that's their number one mode of transportation. And uh, uh, during rush hour, just seeing hundreds and hundreds of bicycles in all shapes and sizes uh, of people and bicycles, uh, people going to work, people going to school, uh, people with kids on the bicycle, uh, moms and dads uh, going to work uh, in business attire. 
And uh, so anyway, it was fascinating to to see some of those things. And uh, uh, But no, I started uh, the trip uh, with an amazing, I got in uh, to Amsterdam um, whenever that was, a couple weeks ago. And the first day I got in, I had tickets to see uh, Coldplay. Uh, there's a, a fabulous uh, soccer stadium uh, in Amsterdam. And if you saw any of the pictures, uh, I was able to get some pretty good seats and... Uh, well, they weren't seats; they were standing. Uh, so I was standing right in, right in front of the uh, uh, of the stage, and and um, it was yeah, it was an incredible show. Those guys know how to put on a show, and uh, uh, Coldplay was uh, they're on this uh, worldwide tour, uh, and they had played Amsterdam uh, three nights, and this was the last night in Amsterdam, and then they were taking a few weeks off before they continued their uh, their tour, and uh, so anyway, if you've seen any of the uh, uh, the videos and pictures I, I put up on on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, go visit those, and uh, it was a, a, just a fabulous show. Get, met some great uh, friends and people uh, just standing around waiting for the show to start because the doors opened at I think five o'clock, and the show didn't start till uh, till like seven. Uh, Coldplay didn't come on till about eight eight thirty, and there's a couple opening acts, and so just uh, hanging out with people, meeting people from all over the world. And uh, but just gathering around uh, this uh, this stadium with seventy one thousand people, uh, and and the show was just I mean the light show they had. Um, if you didn't see any of my videos, uh, they gave everybody a wristband, uh, a lighted wristband, and the technology has advanced so much that those wristbands they could control them depending on where you were seated in the arena, and so they could light up a section of the arena different so they you know it 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 was just fabulous uh, uh the light show by everybody's uh armband that they had wristband on and the music was great uh, uh chris martin is just a fabulous entertainer um yeah that was well that, that's how i started the uh, uh the vacation uh with uh, 70,000 of my closest friends in amsterdam uh hearing coldplay uh you know and i i didn't try to plan too much cuz i wanted to i wanted to really understand the city and again i was there by myself and and um so i didn't try to plan too much on each day and so uh, that was the first day i was there and uh the second day i uh, had tickets to the van gogh again for me Amsterdam, one of the reasons I wanted to go, in addition to the Coldplay concert, uh, was the art. Uh, you've maybe heard me talk before about my love for art, uh, especially Impressionist art. Um, and so I got tickets to, and there, there's many opportunities for museums and art museums in Amsterdam. And, uh, and so, you know, you could spend days and days and days and weeks uh, enjoying all that but uh, for me I really was interested in the Van Gogh Museum and uh, so I spent you know three or four hours uh, at the Van Gogh Museum uh, the next day uh, and then Dam Square uh, Johnny not not Dan Square but Dam uh, Square D-A-M correct <laughs> uh, uh, it was fascinating again I put this uh, video up on can't remember his Facebook or, or Twitter, but go back and look at it if you're interested. Uh, there was an anti-fur protest that I ran into uh, at the uh, Dior store. And uh, uh, so that was fascinating to see a little bit of uh, European politics uh, uh, in play. And uh, so that was interesting. Um, and then uh, the next day, I really wanted to again, kind of localize the experience and really kind of get off the beaten path. And so I had booked, I'd done the research, 
and I'd booked a food tour in the Jordan uh, neighborhood. It's kind of off the main area in in, in Amsterdam, and uh, and I'd used this tour group before. It's a European uh, eater. Eater Europe, I think is the name of the group. Uh, I'd done a food tour in Paris a couple years ago when I was there. And so uh, very localized, very small group. And uh, so I think there was like maybe six of us, six or seven of us. And uh, the tourist was um, uh, just very well-versed, uh, grew up in Amsterdam. And, uh, and, and so we went to probably it was like a three-hour tour it was fascinating and the first place we went to was uh, a 400 year old tavern uh, and so we sat down and she kind of told us what we were going to do for the day and kind of introduced ourselves and and uh, so very intimate but we sat in this 400 year old tavern in Amsterdam in the Jordan neighborhood and what was fascinating about this neighborhood was uh, it had become uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, kind of where the outcasts were, uh, the government, uh, you know, whether they were uh, people who didn't have much means, they stuck them in this one area of Amsterdam and the streets were uh, different. Uh, uh, they were uh, so that they couldn't see them, that the streets ran the different direction from the rest of the city uh, so that people wouldn't have to see all these outcasts and and people well now after all these hundreds of years later it's one of the most uh, pristine and highly sought out uh, neighborhoods in the city and uh, very but very local very uh you know you really got a taste of that's how people lived and it's uh, you know, just a regular uh, community in the city. So anyway, uh, our first uh, food that we had at this 400-year-old uh, uh, tavern, uh, Johnny, was Dutch apple pie. <laughs> and it was, uh, and, and of course, I had a, a pint uh, with my Dutch apple pie, a, a pint of Heineken, because Heineken is brewed in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, so I did the amp. I did. I didn't do the uh, Heineken tour, but I had a few pints of Heineken while I was there. And uh, then when we were in Dublin, we did the Guinness tour. So uh, fascinating. Oh my goodness. The uh, the uh, the Guinness plant uh, was just fascinating. Uh, well, when we come back, I'll uh, I'll drone on a little bit more, and I'd love to hear from you. Four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. If you got a question about Amsterdam, you got a question about. Uh, uh, Ireland, because we did. We covered pretty much the whole island uh, of Ireland uh, while we were there. So, yeah, text or call. Give us a give us a shout. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'll take this quick break, and we'll come back and finish up here on 1,499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1,499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the... Uh, jet-lagged edition of the Monday Dan Parsons show, uh, fresh off the plane from uh, Ireland. I uh, got in about, uh, well, I guess I flew into Lincoln about 9.30 last night after starting my day uh, in Dublin uh, yesterday morning about, I guess it would have been about 5.30 Lincoln time. So anyway, long day and uh, trying to get some things done today. You know, you know like, like you would do when you get home. It's like, what do you do? You got to do the laundry and uh, get a couple meetings set, and then after the show, doggone it, I was uh, not smart enough to uh, to not plan any meetings. I'm heading to Omaha after the show here for a meeting uh, for with the client. So anyway, see, Dan, you'll be happy to know. I don't know if you'll be happy, but uh, all my notes so far for today's show is what I'm calling the episode on the podcast. 
Jet lagged. Jet lagged. That's, yeah, <laughs> I'm a little jet lagged. That's the name of today's episode. That's exactly right. Well, coming up tomorrow uh, on the Dan Parsons Show, we'll welcome uh, the dean of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Law, Richard Moberly. Uh, Richard uh, Dean Moberly has agreed to come on from time to time and, and give us a legal, uh, factual uh, interpretation of what's going on uh, with uh, former President Trump. Because uh, I know if, if you're like uh, most of us, it's hard to keep up with all of this and uh, so far, there's been a, uh, a state uh, indictment in the, in the state of New York uh, having to do with the uh, uh, the porn star payoff, and then of course uh, the federal indictment that happened uh, a month or so ago with the uh, uh, the former president uh, uh, keeping uh, sensitive documents that he wasn't supposed to have. And there's actually an update, an, an additional charge was added uh, just late last week, either Thursday or Friday. Uh, to that indictment, uh, they indicted uh, another person in that case uh, for obstructing, allegedly obstructing uh, uh, the government trying to uh, uh, retrieve those documents. And uh, uh, the, the, the allegations are that they may have erased some uh, videotapes of those documents being moved about uh, down in Florida. Uh, so that was an, uh, an addition to that case. And then, of course, uh, uh, the president's uh, lawyers uh, got a letter uh, last week uh, indicating that the indictment in the January 6th case is imminent. Uh, and I, frankly, I think most of us expected that that would uh, come down by now. So uh, that that one is expected any time. So anyway, uh, I wanted to find someone who was uh, not uh, necessarily a, uh, an attorney with a political bent. You can find those guys and gals everywhere, right? Just turn on your cable news, and you can find people that have law degrees that have uh, opinions on what's going on uh, with uh, President, former President Trump and his legal problems. So I wanted to find somebody that... Uh, was non-biased, uh, who was a legal expert. So I found that person, uh, Dean of the College of Law, and so Richard Moberly will uh, join us tomorrow and on occasion when uh, uh, when the, all of these issues continue to pop up. So uh, one of the highlights of the trip for me, in addition to some of the things that uh, we talked about, uh, was just... Uh, you know, we talked about the biking capital of the world in Amsterdam. Uh, the other uh, fascinating uh, and beautiful area of Amsterdam was their canal system. Uh, and again, because early on uh, they were the uh, one of the most uh, uh, popular places in, in the world uh, for shipping. And so because of that, uh, in the goods and services that were uh, being shipped to and from Amsterdam, uh, they built this elaborate canal system, and which still exists today. And so uh, it's just gorgeous. Again, if you haven't seen any of some of the photos I posted on Twitter and Facebook, uh, uh, check those out. But uh, just some beautiful uh, uh, canal system uh, throughout the city, as well as their uh, uh, street system, which is dominated by bicycles. Uh, but in Ireland, uh, you know, we got in uh, to Dublin, and then we took the train, and that was the other uh, transportation, mode of transportation that I just found uh, fascinating, uh, was the train system uh, in Ireland. And uh, they're not high-speed trains, but they're, you know, obviously um, uh, train systems that are very efficient, work very well, and so we took the train from uh, Dublin uh, to Cork, and so we stayed at a B&B uh, down on the uh, coast of Cork, uh, what was the name of that town, um, 
Myrtleville. Myrtleville is the uh, little community, coastal community, uh, near Cork. So anyway, we took the train from Dublin to Cork. Uh, we stayed a few days in Myrtleville at this bed and breakfast. And uh, it was fascinating to be on the coast and, uh, you know, lobster and uh, uh all all kinds of seafood uh, there on the on the coast of uh, Ireland and uh, and then we uh, drove the car and we uh, we uh, we went fishing uh, we uh, we went fly fishing because our buddy uh, Carrie uh, who's from Portland uh, used to live here in Lincoln uh, helped Kevin and Karen open bread and cup if you any of you bread and cup fans may remember Carrie Knight he was uh, uh, helped uh, start bread and cup but anyway Carrie lives with his wife uh, in Portland now and he's a, he's become a big fly fisherman so he wanted to uh, go fly fishing in Ireland and it's like Okay, I'm up for that. I've done some fly fishing, and I've fished a lot. I have through the years. Uh, but it's ma- mainly, um, you know, uh, bass and crappie. You just go down to Missouri where my dad and mom and dad lived and do that every spring. But, uh, yeah, so we uh, fly fished. And, uh, oh, it's fascinating. We didn't – well, Carrie caught a couple, and I had a couple bites. But, uh, but just being out, again, it was just gorgeous and – uh, so that was a fascinating experience uh, to fly fish, and so then we uh, uh, we took uh, another tour along the coast of some ruins. Uh, there's all kinds of you know castles and beautiful areas, uh, historic uh, to visit, and uh, and then we took the train back to Dublin, and uh, uh, Claire, uh, uh, Kevin's daughter, had to jump on a plane and. So then it was just the guys, Johnny. Then then all heck broke loose then. We didn't have anybody to monitor our behavior at that point. So um and so but so then we took the train from Dublin uh, up to Belfast. And again it was about a two two and a half hour uh, train ride. But it was just fascinating to think about uh what if uh, what if Lincoln 20 years ago had decided to build uh, a train system between here and Omaha? And, uh, you know, there's still talk of that still today. Uh, but, you know, going from these cities uh, in Ireland, uh, you know, the transportation is, it was just fascinating, very efficient and very uh, economical. I mean, I think we paid, I don't know, for that, the, those trips to, um, uh, from Dublin to Cork to the south and then from uh, Cork to Dublin back north and then from Dublin up to Belfast. Uh, we probably paid, I don't know. 17, 20 pounds, something like that. So, you know, the equivalent of, what, 22, 23 bucks for a two and a half hour train ride. I mean, gosh, uh, it's economical, it's efficient. Um, so that was fascinating. But one of the highlights in Belfast, in addition to the sessions, the music, in uh, all the bars uh, that we would visit, uh, because again, my love for music and art, uh, but and his and history, uh, we did a black cab tour. Uh, of course, the Protestant and Catholic conflict uh, that arrived uh, that w- was in Belfast primarily uh, through the years in the '60s and the '70s uh, is just fascinating. I showed uh, the places that were bombed and uh, some of the martyrs who uh, who led those efforts, uh, some of the people who were uh, thrown in prison and uh, the hunger strikes and. Uh, but the gentleman who gave us this uh, tour, it was just the three of us and him in a black cab, like you'd think in London, and uh, but we'd stop uh, in these neighborhoods, and he'd show us uh, some of the bombs uh, that took place, some of the bombings, 
and some of the people that uh, were involved in that and some of the history. And there's, of course, memorials all over the place. But there's still walls that exist, and there's still gates that are closed uh, to separate those communities uh, between the Catholics and the Protestants. And this gentleman, you know, about our age, about my age, maybe a little younger, uh, he was involved in those as a teenager. He grew up there. And it was fascinating. So anyway, those are some of the highlights. Uh, thanks for indulging me here on the uh, jet lag version of the Dan Parsons show. But uh, yeah, if you want to learn more, go on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And, uh, you know, we uh, we chronicled some of that. And uh, uh, it was it was a fascinating. It was a, a, a very memorable trip. And so if you ever get a chance to, to head that way, I'd love to uh, uh, give you any tips uh, if you like. Uh, uh, but we... Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's what we did the last two weeks. Again, thanks to Doug Fitzgerald uh, for filling in. And, and tune in tomorrow. Richard Moberly, Dean of the University of Nebraska School of Law, College of Law, will join us. And uh, so that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Uh, now go do good things here on 1499.3 KLIN.